Hello, this is A.R. Bernard, and welcome to my podcast. My objective, it's simple, to create a platform where you can be educated, informed, and inspired as you navigate the intersection of faith and culture. If you have no faith, maybe you'll find it here. So, thanks for tuning in. You know, I'm going to say this. It's just wonderful for me to sit, watch you celebrate Pastor Jamal, and to stand on the side and watch him come forward and embrace the role that God has assigned to him. And thank you. You know, Jesus said, if you receive the Son, you receive the Father. If you honor the Son, you honor the Father. Well, I'm going to take that little bit and say, you honor my Son, you honor me. Amen. Praise the Lord. And, and for those who, who, who get super deep in and say, well, you're not God, you're not Jesus. That statement is not just a, 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 a statement for religious purposes. That was the culture of the time. That's, you know, so if the son is being sent, it's like the father being sent. So it does bear witness to what's going on today. Wait, there's super, super spiritual people like yes, that? Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, jeez. That was more of a cultural statement. We, we got to pray for them. Yeah, he was responding to they the culture. Talking about you're, you're Jesus and I'm God. <laughs> well, some people, you know, you, you got individuals, you got those people out there. Okay, we'll pray for those people. But you all know what I mean, right? <laughs> Thank you for bringing that out. Unfortunately, we'll pray for those folks. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I will tell you, and I'm, you know, God is working with me in other arenas and um, taking that anointing and experience and applying it to certain issues that need to be addressed in our society, in our nation, and in our world. And to know that this is, this is part of my legacy. This is part of my legacy. Are y'all hearing me? And to know that that legacy is intact and ready to build for the future, you don't know how blessed I am to be in that position. Too often, as leaders, we don't know how to pass the baton to the next generation. We don't know how to decrease so that the next generation can increase. And we fight with them for power. And that is not the way God intended it to be. Amen? So thank you, uh, CCC, for being a mature congregation. Those of you who are here, those of you who are joining us online uh, from wherever you are around the world, thank you for being mature and understanding God's patterns. Because everything that God does, he does according to a, come on, come on, that's right, and based on a uh, principle. And I was thinking about it because today is my spiritual birthday. You see, I got, I was born again on January 11th. So he was born on my spiritual birthday. And who would have thought when he was born that this would be his destiny, that God would use him in that way. So it's a significant day for me. I celebrate my spiritual birthday, my walk with Jesus Christ, and also celebrate uh, Pastor Jamal's birthday. Yeah, I'm trying to figure, remember when's my spiritual birthday, because as a PK uh, kid, you know, we went to the altar maybe about every, 
<laughs> we got saved every week, you know. They were, they were born again. Let me right, say this. Where's all my PK? Yeah. Like, how many of us got saved every week, right? They were born again several times. So. <laughs> so, uh, in That's fact, my, my, my dad was old school Pentecostal, so everything we did was a sin. So we snuck and watched the Smurfs, you know, so we had to go to altar call for that. We snuck and played some cards, we had to go to altar call for that. We used to take his old um, gospel, you know, Alvin Slaughter tapes, take uh, a little bit of tape, wrap around that, record, you know, the, the, you know whatever music is playing on, on radio, whatever DJ was playing, and then he would think we would listen to Alvin Slaughter, like, oh, my, my sons is doing good. So we had to go to altar call for that. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many parents, how many have, how many are parents of grown children in here? If you have, you're a parent, you have grown children. Do you notice how you discover things about them? Because we know we can't get beat have now. Think they were doing things you had no idea they were doing. See, that's why I look forward to Christmas, Thanksgiving, just to hear the conversations. The Jesus Saves Belt is not there anymore, so we can share a little more information. <laughs> Some of them don't know about it. I had, a, I had a belt with a buckle that said, Jesus saves. <laughs> and it was the rod of correction. So whenever they got in trouble, they had to line up and face Jerusalem. And based upon the offense, that determined how many stripes they would receive. So we figure if we go to Altacoff first, we, you know, meet Jesus at the altar call instead of at, you know, in um, facing Jerusalem, it would have been a better situation. Oh, we're not joking here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> this is real. <laughs> and Pastor Karen and I were talking about it the other day because she was part of the conspiracy to hide that belt. Yes. And she's the one who told me that they hid it. They hid it behind the washing machine. She saw he it went was there and never said anything to me. See, we hid it behind where he went, because at the time he was so busy, mommy was always washing clothes, and daddy was out working, you know, and our very traditional setup. And so we said, he's not gonna go to the washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> so we were good. <laughs> ah, anyway, praise the Lord. So, um, moving right along. Fred Hammond is going to be here on Friday. Yes. Hey, bring your friends, family, spread the word, free concert. Fred is just going to blow it up on Friday uh, night here, and then he'll be with us in service on Sunday. Yes. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart, I will dance like David. That's when we really were listening to music. That's the way we really listened to Christian music at the time. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> so uh, he, he will be here. And on Friday, how many of you were able to tune in to uh, this past Friday to our Christmas production? Amen. I heard it was amazing. And let me just tell you, you know, uh, just high commendation to Elder Pointer, who was, had to go to the hospital while all this was going on. Ben Harney stepped in and the team of leadership and because we you know with all of the installation of all the new equipment it pushed rehearsals out of whack so we couldn't do it before christmas when we wanted to do it and i called i said well what do you guys want to do and uh ben harney and ella pointer said well you know the team put so much into it i said then we've got to make this happen 
So we celebrate it on Three Kings Day. Yes. All you Latinas out there know Uh, and it was was a great production. We live streamed it and archived it so that we can have it available to re-air at some time in the future. So thank you team for being so dedicated and thank you CCC for all of you who supported uh, their endeavor. Amen. Amen. Any other housekeeping? Yes. This Tuesday will be our first uh, service back with Orlando campus. We're excited about that. So if you're in Orlando area, Central Florida, uh, once again, it's at um, 455 Maitland Avenue, Altamont Springs is where we're having our services. Please keep us in prayer. We were looking for a property, but the way things are happening in Florida, we have to compete with these individuals who are looking at the same property we're looking at, but they want to tear down a church and build a condo, co-op, you know. So they're dealing with money that, you know, we were not dealing with. So they can offer above sticker and, you know, or above or asking price, listed price. And, you know, we're trying to be competitive, but, you know, I'm like, we're, we're a church, like, come on, give us some, give us some love here. So we're, we're working. We, we got, you know, there's a struggle. It's been two years, you know, and trying to keep the momentum and the morale going. So please keep us in prayer. Amen. I mean, everybody's trying to get 10 times what the property is worth and valued, and so we've got to wait till the market adjusts in order to be wise with our resources. Yes. Amen. And lastly, I just want to thank all those who are responding to the call to volunteer. I know I put the call out, and we had a lot of individuals respond to the call, so we're working on the processing it and everything like that so that you can get involved as quick as possible. So I just want to say thank you for your commitment to CCC. Amen. Amen. And I want to personally take full credit for Hakeem Jeffrey's speech. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we, we are happy for him. We're proud of him. And um, amen. Come on. Come on. You know, I was, I was in a closed door meeting this past week. Uh, with some top elected officials, uh, our Brooklyn DA, Eric Gonzalez, and others. And it was a gathering of leaders of color to talk about the fact that we've experienced unprecedented, as, as people of color in America, we've experienced in the last generation, the last 60 years, as a matter of fact, unprecedented wealth, education, upward mobility, and occupy positions of power and influence that is unprecedented in the history of the United States. And it is time for us to realize that collective power and begin to address issues in our own community. And that's what that meeting was the genesis of. There will be more to follow and you'll hear more about it, so please keep it in your prayers. It's a very, very historic moment that we can come together like this, put aside differences and all that, and realize that there's common ground with regard to communities of color in the United States, especially the, those who are still marginalized, disenfranchised, etc. We want to deal with the systems and structures uh, here, and that's so, so uh, important. There are three, if I may, there are three systems that function in every society throughout history. And they're the same in every culture around the world. 
Number one, the political system, which is government. Number two, the economic system, which is business. And number three, the moral system, which is primarily religion, education, and philanthropy. And these systems work together. The moral system becomes the accountability factor and holds the checks and balances against the political system and the economic system, so that always in the forefront of society is the, the, the worth and dignity of the human person and the importance of pursuing the common good. So this is very, very important. Government is not going to solve our problems. Mm -hmm. Are you with me? Business is not going to solve our problems. Only God, come on, only God is going to solve our problems. However, God uses these systems and structures in order to facilitate change on our behalf. God works within the entirety of the human experience and human realities in order to accomplish his will and purpose. Can you say that again, please? Because that's so profound. It just talks about God's sovereignty. God works within all of the realities and experiences that we go through as human beings. That's why he came in the flesh, to be among us, to align himself with us in terms of our need and our position and what we go through. So please understand, it is God at work who's bringing justice and changes in policy, changes in practices and procedures and processes that marginalize and oppress people. But they happen through these systems. It's very, very important that we understand that. So we're not looking, because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Mm -hmm. They are mighty through who? God. Exactly. Jesus said, if my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight. But my kingdom is not of this world. It's not a product of humanity. It's a transcendent kingdom with greater power. And think of how brilliant God is to take his spirit that carries his essence and put it in the human heart establishing his reign and rule in the human heart and then placing these humans in every nation around the world, in every place around the world, in every community. And by that, in that way, he has spread his kingdom throughout the earth. Yes. And the power of that kingdom is at work working through his people who are praying and influencing the systems and structures in which he has placed them. And that's why he said, Father, I pray not that you take them out of the world. No, let them stay here. Protect them from the evil one while I use them as my ambassadors, as my instruments of change. That's why we're here, folks. I, make, I was about to say I'm sorry, but I don't apologize for that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So please understand, it's an integrated system at work here. And we have to be involved. But we're not looking to government as our savior. God is the one who's behind it. But how many know God uses people? Even as we're about to talk about his favor. Luke 6:38, basic scripture that's always used for, for the offering, right? Give and it shall be given, given to you. Come on. Press down, 
shaken together, running over, shout, come on, shout, men give into your bosom. God uses people. He uses the systems and structures within humanity. He uses and works in every reality, everything that we experience here. God has embraced it and uses it for his glory. That's why we declare Jesus is Lord. He's not trying to be. He, come on, come on. Come on, he's been placed far above all principality and power. Things visible and things invisible are all subject to him. And he's working it all towards a particular end. Hallelujah. That's good preaching. You know, it's funny. I was thinking today, as I was sitting there, because Minister Reggie was on fire. And the praise and worship. When we... When we organize a service, and Pastor Jamal has been the one who is working on the programming and operations and all of that, but when we organize a service, all we do is put the pieces together in order and, and movement, and then we, we, we expect God to move wherever he wants within that service. If he wants to anoint the song, the offering, a prayer, a communion, the word, whatever it is, we just trust that God is going to use it to reach and touch his people. Amen? Amen. 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 All right. Any other announcements? <laughs> Any other housekeeping? I was about to go sit down while you were up here preaching. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, hallelujah. But that's good because I think it gives us a, a reality of how significant our role is. Too often we uh, minimize our role in our Christian walk within society and looking at how God is using certain, in certain, and in certain areas, he's using multiple individuals. So combined, we have more authority, we have more power. So we're working as a force together. But when you think of yourself solely on your, on your own as a Christian walking in, what, what can I do to make a change? But no, you're not the only Christian in there. That's when Jesus said, don't, don't I, I mean, God said to, 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 to um, Paul, he said, don't I have other, uh, 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 I mean, prophets in there. <laughs> you, yeah. say, you, think, you think you're the only one? He said that to also Jeremiah, was it Jeremiah as well. Don't I have more individuals out there? You think you're the only one? You, know, you got to start thinking you, there's more of us than you think. Yeah, while well, Elijah thought he was the last yeah, one. Yeah, Elijah. It was Elijah. And I got seven. I knew it was in the Bible. I knew it was in the Bible. I got 7,000 more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How many know that God is at work? He's at work creatively. Amen? Amen? And in your life, he's at work creating opportunities for you, creating ways for you. I mean, he's just creating. How many believe he's creating on your behalf? That's it. He's, he is at work redemptively. He's at work uh, providentially. He's at work judicially. But you got to believe it. You have to believe it. You have to believe it. Let that become your reality. Because if it's not your reality, you're going to, you're gonna, you're gonna, you know... Uh, one foot on the other side, another foot on the other side. You'll be skipping around, you know, not knowing what's going on. You'll you, you find yourself dealing with anxiety, depression, frustration, anger, and stuff like that. But when you land and knowing that you know that you know that God is in control, that he is in a place where he is manifesting certain things, he's working on certain things behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, no matter what, his hand is directly involved in your life. You, you, there's no way. You, Come on. There's no way you can stand. Come on. Come, yeah. Can we get Galatians 3? 20 on the screen. Um, English Standard Version, I guess that's 
That's good. Galatians 3.20. Can we get that? It says, I have been crucified with Christ. Okay, who's this for me? For me. My, my mic is not working? Not working. Okay. Testing one, two, three, four. Okay, good. Thank you. I had no idea. Well, from here, it sounded like it was working. I don't know. But maybe in the, the board recorded, okay. maybe. All right. So, I have been crucified, come on, with, with Christ. Christ. Is that you and I? Yes. And what does that mean? It means that we have experienced that separation from the world. It's way of doing and being. It's way of thinking. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but come on. Christ who lives. So Christ is living in and through me. Me. Come on. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Jesus said, I will be in you a well of water springing up unto eternal life. Right? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Now, this is the part that's important. And the life that I, come on. Come on, read it, read it. And the life that I now live, come on, what life is he talking about? Life right here, right now, on earth. The life that I now live, I live by faith. Come on, I live by what? Faith. How do I live this life on earth? Faith. By faith. In who? The Son of God. Absolutely. In the Son of God. I live by faith. And I want to give you a definition of faith. I was thinking about it. Um, it's so important. Let me give you a definition of faith. Because you know, say, what, what's faith? Well, faith is a substance thing to hope for, the evidence is not seen. What does that mean? Let me give you a practical definition because this is faith. Our faith is the anchor of our soul. Faith is an inherent enduring trust. I'm not finished. What kind of a trust? Inherent. That means it's, it's deep inside. It's anchored inside of me. It's inherent. It is, it is now part of my nature. And if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. So faith is a part of my nature. It's not something I try to have an experience or do. Please get away from that. I know you've heard books, faith is a force. You got to use the force of faith to get what you want. Hallelujah. Look, the faith of which scripture speaks is an inherent trust. It's something that's deep inside that sometimes you cannot explain. Sometimes you cannot reason it. Because sometimes there are situations where reason says other and faith says, no, this is what's going to be your experience. It's inherent. It's deep. Mm -hmm. Deeply planted. Because you were born again, but you were born by what? Faith. Born of the word and the spirit. But it was an act of what? Faith. So it's inherent. And it's enduring. It's enduring, which means it gets stronger under pressure. I'm going to back up on that one. It gets stronger 
under pressure. Are you hearing me? It gets stronger under pressure. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, my faith, my faith gets stronger, gets stronger under, pressure. under pressure. That's why God told Paul, who was pressured by a thorn in the flesh, what did God tell him? My grace, my favor is what? Sufficient. You've got all that you need to deal with this, Paul. You don't need to be extra. I mean, you don't need extra. <laughs> he taught me that. So, my faith is enduring. In fact, pressure brings out the real quality of my faith. Because it's not quantity. Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to a mountain. Did you hear that? It's the quality of your faith. Faith is an inherent, enduring trust. It doesn't run out of gas. It gets stronger. It becomes renewed. It becomes refortified. Though your outward man perishes, the inner man is being renewed day by day by day. Faith is an inherent, enduring trust. And listen, that permeates. Ooh. It permeates our understanding. So we not only walk by faith, we understand things by faith. It permeates our perception. Faith shapes and influences how we interpret what's going on in our lives. We don't interpret it apart from faith. Because if we do, then we're not walking by faith, we're walking by sight. And we don't trust in what we see, we trust in the God that we cannot see, but believe is present at work in our lives. It's an inherent, enduring trust that permeates our understanding and perception, listen, of ourselves. Not just the situation and circumstance, but faith will tell you how to see yourself in the circumstance, in the situation. Faith will tell you you're not the victim. Don't see yourself as the victim. Faith will tell you you're not the loser. Don't see yourself as a loser. Faith will tell you how to see yourself in any given circumstance or situation. And you can't look at that mirror, see what faith is saying about you, and walk away like you've never seen it. It permeates our understanding and perception of ourselves and the world around us. People, places, things, events, circumstances, and situations. We walk, we live with an enduring trust. We believe in God's providential care for us, guidance for us, and protection of us. God is not weak. And our lack of faith doesn't weaken him. Because God is not depending on our faith in order to do what he promised to do. Oh, come on, people. Faith will venture you into the tension between a promise and its fulfillment. Say that again. 
Faith will venture you into the tension between a promise and its fulfillment. How many know the tension between those two? When God gives you a promise, you embrace it, the tension begins between that promise and its fulfillment. Yep. Faith navigates that tension. Faith, in fact, embraces that tension. Faith says, come on. Let's do this. Let's do this. Because you're never doing it alone. You're doing it with God. So I just want you to have that definition when you think about faith. Got it? It gets stronger under pressure. It's non-negotiable, unchanging, unwavering faith. And will you go through stuff while you're having faith? Absolutely. The scripture says Abraham faith had faith and, and, and wavered not. But when you read the Old Testament, the man went through some stuff. Faith will always be challenged. And if the devil's coming to steal from you, it means you got something. If he's not bothering you, you need to check yourself. Now, does God have favorites? <laughs> Are you asking me? Yes, he does have favorites. But Romans chapter 2 says that God is without partiality. Well, when you keep that in its context, the partiality is the distance, either the, this, him giving favor to all men. What happens is, you reject his special treatment when you reject him. All right, let me get this. So God's favor is given to all humanity. Yes. And humanity has to choose yes. whether it's going to embrace that favor. Yes. So don't blame God no. if you reject his favor. Yes. And you are favorless. Yes. So it comes across as he has uh, favorites by the individuals who have accepted. That's like you have, you, have, you have the kids in the household and your kids, are, are if they obey you, the relationship is different, right? The relationship tends to be closer. The relationship tends to be uh, looked upon as being the person that obeys the most, has the most favor, but they understand that the favor that they're receiving is based on the obedience. He says in John chapter 14 that I call you my friend if you obey me. So if you obey me, then your favor that you start receiving comes from me in a different way. When you, you disobey me, you... <laughs> when you disobey me, you, you remove yourself from the favor that I want to give you. So to say that God has favorites is not a violation of his justice. No. Because when God prefers someone, it's not at the expense of someone else. Mm -hmm. It's at the rejection 
yes. that come from someone else. Yes. So God remains just yep. even when he favors me. Mm -hmm. Woo. <laughs> I'm going to need some of that this year. <laughs> How many going to need some of that this year? So those who respond yes. experience preferential treatment. Yes. Wait, that means I'm blessed and I'm come on, talk back to me, CCC. See, and, 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 the, and the reason why you receive preferential treatment is because he knows, based on your relationship with him, how you're going to handle that favor. So, Luke 2.52, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and gained or increased in favor with God and man. So, wait, wait, wait. I can increase God's favor in my life? Yes. I need a moment. <laughs> and how do I increase God's favor in my life? When I'm responsible with the favor that he gives me. Yes. Because God commits to faithfulness. Yes. So when I'm responsible with the favor that he gives me, he can give me what? Come on. More. See, you see, because think about it this way. When you're obeying and, and the, your response to the favor that he gives you is a sign of your obedience. The depth of your obedience is a great expression of the depth of your maturity. So the deeper the obedience, the deeper, the more mature you present yourself to be, the more favor you are prepared to receive. So the favor begins with relationship. Yes. Because remember, he called Abraham to a covenant relationship with him, separating him from the rest of his world, even the rest of the world, and his family. Yep. And he said, if you covenant with me, I'm going to do all this for you. Mm -hmm. Thereby favoring Abraham. Yes. Are you with me? And the favor that God placed on Abraham was intended to bless the whole world yes. through Jesus Christ. So I am now tapped in to the same favor. Yes. Wait, wait. I am now tapped into the same favor that God covenanted with Abraham because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus was the seed that God told Abraham all nations of the earth would be blessed through. So by my relation, so I am favored by relationship and I increase that favor by stewardship. Yes. I hope you're taking notes. I hope you're taking notes. I am immediately favored by way of my relationship with Jesus. That's why it's called the new covenant. And I can increase that favor through my stewardship. So if I'm a good steward with the favor that God gives me, 
He'll give me more favor. I'm telling you, I'm preaching what I've lived, seen, and experienced where God opens doors. I, I've been in places where I'm sitting in the room and I'm wondering, how did I get here? But God. Come on, but God. Opportunities open. How did that come my way? But God. Stewardship increases favor. Favor comes automatically by way of relationship. Come on, how many know it is? I, I, I said it, I, I think it's New Year's Eve. I said that I was in a situation where going into a place and I was with someone who invited me and they stopped me and not that individual. And all he did was say, he's with me. And that's all it took. I walked right in, sat down in the best seat because of the what? Relationship. So favor begins with relationship and grows through stewardship. You need to write that down. Favor begins with relationship and grows through stewardship. Not just favor with God, but favor with man. Sounds like they're writing to me, PJ. Mm -hmm. You told him to write that down. <laughs> So, we're going to unpack favor because it's under the heading of personal renewal. And renewal is a reawakening of passion, fervor, and creativity towards purpose. And our theme this year is renewal. I will sprinkle in signs of the times and specific texts that identify for us that are essentially signs of the times that we are in so that we know how to navigate these times. But we're going to unpack personal renewal because how many know that God begins with the personal, but with the person? In, in the ancient world, especially in Israel, they believed that life was lived in concentric circles. So in the middle was the individual, then the community, then the nation, then the world. Renewal begins with the individual, then the relationships, then the sense of purpose, then the structures and systems, and then the culture itself. So when God brings revival, he does it in the individual's heart, and his intention is to impact the culture. So there's some things that God is going to do inside of you that's going to have far-reaching impact beyond your circle because it's going to have a wave effect. So personal renewal begins with understanding your favor in relationship with God and that with the good stewardship, you can increase that favor. Oh, man, we don't have time. That's a good one. That's good. Wait, wait. That's good, too. So we set it up. Did you get anything out of this today? Come on, give God a good hand clap offering. My takeaway, 
Favor begins with relationship and grows through to stewardship. It begins with relationship and grows through stewardship. You already have favor. So there's a favor you don't have to gain. You got it because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? I tell people all the time, you don't get to heaven by what you know. Come on. You get there by who you know. And if you know Jesus in salvation, that's what opens the door for you. Plain and simple. And then you build on that relationship. You build on that knowledge. How many believe that this will be a year of favor for you? With God and me. Come on, declare it. Declare it. Speak it out of your mouth. Use the power of your words. Live this year with expectation and look for it everywhere. There it is. There, oh, there it is again. Oh, look at that. Look at, there it is. It's going to come in different people, different packages, different situations, different doors, different opportunities, different contexts. You're going to get up morning by morning and witness those new mercies because you're going to walk in expectation, and that's what faith does. It lives with expectation of the good. And let me tell you something. There's a verse, Romans 8, 28. I'm going to paraphrase it. I'm going to paraphrase it. How many know that verse? I'm going to paraphrase it. The forces out there working for my good are greater than the forces out there working for my bad. So God's got this. It's a year of his favor. It's called biblically the year of Jubilee. Come on. We have a minister. We have a minister, he said. Well, that same minister that was on fire earlier. Hey, let me tell you something. I, I sat there and my, my eyes welled up with tears when Reggie was talking because I, as his pastor, I'm fully aware of what he fought through in 2022 and to see him standing strong with the victory he had that enduring faith that inherent enduring faith and that's why he's standing here today so you bless me you bless me minister reggie wow did you receive a word how many favorite people of god is in here let me just see your hands But if you're in here today, if you're visiting for the first time or if you're watching online and you have never really made that, you, you've never taken that step, you're missing out on this incredible favor, the incredible doors that God wants to open. And, and let me tell you, I know what it's like to, to fight God. You know, 
when I got to read it because it, it broadened my understanding about faith. Pastor said faith is a part of our nature. Faith is an inherent and enduring trust that permeates our understanding, our perceptions of ourselves, and the world around us. And if faith is a part of my nature, that means that you have to fight harder from God. You know God is calling you. You're still trying to do it by yourself. Stop fighting. Open your eyes and your hearts and your ears and just receive God. If you're in here today and you have never made that declaration, I'm talking to you. I'm going to ask you to lift your hands. Let me see. And don't be afraid. If you're in here and you've never said, Lord, just come into my heart. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of waiting for other people to change. You know how you're always pointing the fingers? But God is saying, it's you. It's you I'm after. It's you I want to change. So if, if that's you, just raise your hands. And if, you, and, you, and if you've known the Lord and, and, and you let life just get that, it, it just got so hard that you kind of walked away. I'm talking to you also. Let's lift your hands and just come back to God. And you know what? Because I don't see no hands lifted, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a, it's a, that means all of you are, there's a house full of favor in here. But, but just in case somebody may be online and you may be watching for the first time and your hands may be up at home, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask you to simply repeat these words. And I want, and family, I want you to help. Say, amen, amen. Lift that hand, lift that hand. Where's that hand at? I got glasses and still can't see. But God sees you. <laughs> well, just repeat after me. Say, Father God, Father God here, I am. here I am. Everything I am, I see you. And everything I'm not. Today, I make a decision for you and your favor for me. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you everything. I stop fighting for myself and let you fight for me because you win every battle. So I thank you for receiving me as your child. Teach me, encourage me, guide me, correct me in my walk with you. And today I receive your favor. I'm your child. You're my father. I trust you with everything. I believe that you died for me. And on the third day, you rose with all power in your hand just for me. I thank you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. You belong to him. Those online, welcome to the family of God. You belong to him. And watch God's favor open up doors you never expected. Get ready. Somebody say, get ready. Look at your neighbor, say, get ready. Look behind you, say, get ready. God bless you. I'm going to have to call Bishop T.D. Jakes and tell him, get ready, get ready, get ready. 1 Samuel 17. 
verse 34. But David said to Saul, your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a sheep from the flock. I went out after it and attacked it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it rose up against me, I grabbed it by its mane and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has defied the armies of the living God. He was talking about Goliath. I don't know what your Goliath is. But David wasn't trusting in his own strength. He was trusting in the God that has been with him all of his life. And he pointed to those experiences where God showed himself strong on David's behalf. How many have some experiences where God showed himself strong on your behalf? We're going to see that this year. How many believe it? We're going to see that this year. Come on, let's give God one more round of applause and cheer and celebration. It is a year of God's favor for us. Hallelujah. A year of jubilee. Father, thank you for this anointing. It's been present today. An anointing that we close out the last year with and open this year with. Let that anointing only increase. Let the blessings and favor only increase as we practice good stewardship, Father. I pray a blessing on all your people who have joined us this morning. I pray heightened sensitivity to you at work in their lives. I pray for favor that they have never seen before. I pray for levels of trust that they've never experienced before. I pray for wisdom. I pray for their courage. And they'll give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, turn to three people and say, I was prayed for. Come on, how many believe in that prayer? As we leave this place, whenever God's presence, Jesus is Lord, period. We, we believe it, it we, we proclaim it, it and, and we're, we're seeing it come to pass. God bless you, we love you. Have a wonderful week in the Lord. Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard Podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure... Subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless.